0: It's Tuesday, the 21st of November, and you are listening to the Women's Football Talk podcast. Hello, welcome to the WFT podcast with me, Brad Morris, and Regan Walsh, as ever. Another weekend of WSL action has happened. We've definitely got enough to talk about. I think <laughs> there's enough incidents, enough drama, enough chaos, tears enough. probably shed by one, one person. <laughs> he <laughs> says he didn't watch it, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna take his word for it on that one. I know I had a good weekend. You Regan, on the other hand. You've had it rough this weekend, <laughs> wise than one.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Man United losing the derby, coming down with a cold on Sunday morning. It's, everything's going wrong for me at this minute in time, and it's not what I wanted to be happening. No,
0: I'd say, I'd, I'd, say I'd feel fear. It happened to me a couple of weeks ago. It's it's the reason really we didn't do the podcast last week. You you felt it from Friday on. It was like oh, not it's not risk this, <laughs> but yeah, you're suffering right now, and unfortunately, I'm going to have to increase that suffering because there's only one place to start this weekend, this this <laughs> podcast. Manchester United one, Manchester City three. Manchester is blue.
1: Dominant performance from Gareth Taylor's side. I mean, they just absolutely exposed Manchester United's weaknesses throughout this game.
0: Yeah. and um, Manchester City came away from Old Trafford as the winners. Good performance, as you said there. You know, Ed, they just never really looked at their best in this no, at all.
1: I mean, you'd expected them once uh, Katie Zellum scored the penalty from to get like a bit of encouragement and get the fire lit underneath them, but it just seemed to backfire on them and they couldn't get anything going after that and they just looked, I don't know, surprised that they were in the lead in that sense.
0: I, I guess so. Maybe, but I think a lot of it was there to start of the game. Man City controlled it. They had all the chances. I think it was like six shots in the first 11 minutes, even if only one of them really did test Erps in goal but you know it got forward in that moment and it was malvin mallard's shot as you said hit the uh, hit the outstretched arm of alex greenwood you know i get a penalty for that Zellem scores it like sh- sh- katie Zellum and scoring goals at old trafford they go hand in hand
1: clearly <laughs> yeah and doing magic from set pieces it's just katie Zellum's thing i mean the amount of times last season uh she scored from Corners directly wasn't it like the two in the one game against like Leicester City last season. So she knows I, how to. I, take and a set I would piece. know
0: about players who score from corners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, she knows how to score from set pieces. But yeah, it, that didn't really, like I've said, spur Manchester United on. uh Man City then grew into the game even more and took them what ten to twelve minutes to find a leveler through
0: uh i wanted to stress as well before that thank god it was a pretty clear handball
1: decision yeah
0: like it's just nice to know like yeah definitely we all agree (laughs) yep cool
1: yeah definitely no question marks over uh that incident from greenwood yeah
0: like as you said from that end you know it just seemed to surrender any sort of control they had even if they did have it it was like no more than five minutes really i can't other than towards the end of the match that was probably the only really spell they had in terms of momentum and control and even then when we get to it we'll talk about United in the second half but city as we said they turned it around in the first half lauren hemp no it wasn't all Hemp, that was the second one jill Roard brought them level in this one yes. it was chloe kelly just drove at nelson and once she's passed nelson Nelson was just didn't know what to do at that point. She lost the battle, and she knew it. She, Chloe Kelly fired Jill Roard, and it's it's just a nice goal.
1: Yeah, beautiful uh, build-up play by C- Chloe Kelly, like you say, and, uh, yeah, it was easy for Roard to score that.
0: Yeah, like, just sent uh, the wrong direction
1: as well. I think she put it through the legs
0: of the United defender as well, which, again, I guess you would have easily caught out the goalkeeper in that point
1: yeah definitely uh seemed to surprise her a bit but she should still be doing a bit better than that but yeah full credit to um roared on that goal
0: yeah and sorry to keep going on united's defending but it suffered even more Zellum lost the ball khadija shaw is then driving at the defense Zellum gets back to block the chance but Khadija Shaw pulls off a lovely layoff for Lauren Hemp who puts in a lovely curling effort into that top left corner and in the space of two minutes Manchester City are now leading the game.
1: Yeah, I mean that was just really bad from United for that second goal. It was just far, far too easy for uh, City and they just just seemed to stop United. Like, it was just too it's easy. Weird they looked quite deep.
0: Like, they didn't really push up enough.
1: Yeah, they were... Seemed to be a good few yards off uh, shore, and then eventually uh, Hemp. But it was just like basic, like training ground stuff for City. Like how easy it was. It was like that United weren't trying to close them down and stop them from uh, taking the shot, and hence why Hemp was able to score.
0: Yeah, so an odd one, but Man City in this whole game, I thought they just made better use of the wide areas.
1: Oh yeah, they exploited United out wide throughout the whole 90 minutes. I mean, obviously in the first half, uh, Leah Gorton was playing left-back because Jade Riviera wasn't fully fit to start. Um, so obviously Leah Goulton was having to play there. And then the second half, uh, Riviera came on at half-time for Nikita Paris. And he got a bit better, but not overly... Uh, better for United defensively in that sense. Uh, it was just like an off day for them in that sense. Yeah,
0: like I'll talk more on that left side once we're through, running through the, the match. But there was another moment in this first half. United got forward and they thought they had a, another goal. JC looked like, in in person, maybe had just stopped the ball from going out of play. Closely you look at it, the ball... It look. it looks I air-quote this, it looks like it's out of play, but I'm not here for this over the ball sorry, over the line discourse that has plagued one men's match in particular. <laughs> this this I'm not doing it. I I'm, I'm not here for the science.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's you're gonna have to stick with um the final result on that certain play, like until there's like technology. Oh yeah, he definitely he yeah. I'd have to agree with you there. But un- until there's like a technology that can say, uh, in say in the ball that can say with the ball is fully out of play and signal it to the linesman or referee in one way or another, then you're always going to have talking points like that.
0: You also wonder that moment when she first drives at the goalkeeper, thinking, "Could you have took that yourself?" Or could you maybe, if you saw Ella Toon just coming in, who was more open, could you have laid it off to her instead of Paris, maybe?
1: Possibly, but it's one of them, looking back on the replay, you can say, yeah, Toom's probably a better option, but it's in the moment, isn't it? So, hmm. it's I thought hard. in the moment, actually,
0: she should have took it herself. There's quite a lot of space, but then when she takes that last touch, which kind of goes away from her a bit, and then Keating can stop it. Yeah. That's what it all went wrong in that moment but that was pretty much it. it was dramatic first half that was a great game i think for the most part second half though for money stuff i mean it to deceive a little bit when you yeah. think about it neither team really had a strong showing whether that was united being able to get anything going or like man city just wanted to see the team see the game out at that yeah. point
1: they were very happy with uh two goal lead for the like first couple of minutes obviously and then uh, Bunny Shaw gets the third, and that really sealed the game until like the last 10-15 minutes. I think. Yeah, uh,
0: like I don't want to pile too much on my Laticia from now, but it's in that moment. It's a poor touch, and it you know Shaw's gonna be onto it in that moment, which she was. The back pass wasn't great. She hadn't got the ball fully under control when she hits it back, and Urps is left scrambling trying to get it, and she hits it. Sure, and it's
1: 3-1. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, a calamitous mix-up at the back from United just didn't do anything correctly and, yeah, cost them that third goal and ultimately that sealed the deal for Manchester City, made it too much for Manchester United to try and do anything to get back into the game.
0: Which is weird, but knowing what we know of Manchester United and their tenacity to come back into these matches, it just didn't happen in this game.
1: Yeah it was it was very surprising like so obviously he made uh, the one substitute at half time bringing on riviera and then he brings on luthia garcia about 10 minutes after that goal uh, to make it 3-1 and then he brings on williams and miyazawa so we know what obviously rachel williams is able to do we spoke about in the last podcast saying how she's uh, inevitable to pull back a goal but
0: not, not in this one <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, even though City were down to 10 players at that point with uh, Leia Alexandri getting her second yellow card, which so silly.
0: It was. The first one, I thought, unfortunate. But yeah. I get it. Like, there's nothing she could do in that moment. She doesn't probably know the tune's there. <laughs> it's just yeah. your arms out, natural motion, catches her in the face. Yeah, those ones get given as a yellow. The second one, I don't know if she just forgot She got booked, but then, yeah, that one's always going to be a yellow card. That one's more obvious. It's just like, oh, why'd you do that?
1: Yeah, it was just so, so. She was going anyway. There was another player next to her. Yeah, and it was like, wasn't it around the halfway line just into the city's half as well? So it's always one of them ones. You're like, there's no need to make that foul at all because you're going to get booked. And then with her being on a yellow card so early on in the second half as well, you're just like, You've got to be much smarter than that when you're in that situation on a booking. You know the players are going to drive Especially, at you and when target it's you.
0: Manchester United as well, who are so good at coming back into the games. Don't give them this advantage.
1: Yeah, but um, for as much as that advantage as a player helped United you know, grow into the game in the last 15 and 20 minutes, they weren't able to really uh, put anything too damaging uh, on Keating's net.
0: No, I think the best chance was Garcia trying yeah. from distance, which Keating got a save out of, even though I believe it was going out of play anyway. But it still looked it still looked like their best chance, if I'm honest. And
1: it was comfortable for City. Yeah, it really was. I mean, them last 10 minutes, they made uh, the defensive subs, obviously bringing on Kashparai when Alexandria got sent off. Then they brought on Steph uh, Horton. Uh, Laura Coombs who's more of a defensive player than Chloe Kelly is and uh, Mary Fowler came on in just before stoppage time so City were just shoring themselves up at the back to stop any potential uh, counter attack or attack from United and it worked well for Gareth Taylor's side Yeah you
0: can pretty much tell that they, were, they didn't have much of an outlet after that so yeah. it was just basically it's no, just defend now keep this we have got a pretty historic win for us and not just that but a win that's a massive burst of confidence having gone to Old Trafford seemingly being the better team for the most part
1: yeah and the fact that they were coming uh into that game on the back of uh two consecutive league defeats as well against Arsenal and Brighton it was a needed win for Gareth Taylor so just like you say to give him that confidence uh heading towards the rest of the season now yeah, because,
0: you know, the second you lose three games, questions start being asked of, oh, is that it for your title aspirations now? Mm-hmm. As is the fine margins. That, and they spoke about that in the midweek. They can't really afford to lose many more games if they do want to still be up there challenging. But, of course, with how perfect the team at the top currently is, that job, for all we know, is already made near impossible.
1: are well, I think it is impossible. I think it now everyone else is just fighting for those final Champions League spots personally because Chelsea are aren't dropping points off their seven games so far uh, obviously they drew with Manchester City back on like the first or second week of the season but other than that they've been perfect and they look unbeatable so I think everyone else now <laughs> excuse me is fighting for those. Uh, second and third place and getting into the Champions League because I think that really is going to be a crucial battle throughout the rest of the season is who takes them last Champions League spots.
0: Yeah, I think right now, for me, it's, it's Arsenal, Man City and then Manchester United just lagging behind a little bit. Something seems to be missing at times. I'd seen it discussed on Sky, they were talking about the, the United need like someone who's a bit more of a robust number six? Who's just going to sit in and do the defensive job in midfield? It feels like that that's what they want Katie's element to be, and I don't think that's something she can do as much.
1: Yeah, it's something that is definitely missing from United is that just like creativeness in the defensive mind. Um, Transitioning. Then yeah. Is. Yeah. it's something I mean it's hard to compare obviously women's football to men's football but something like what Michael Carrick and Paul Scholes were able to do so well for God so tack. many years they were defensive like they would go for like the ball. old school options then why don't you it's better than going for any of the new options I tell you Declan Rice <laughs> no but I meant Man United wise that's why um, of course it is and I think they just need that player to, who can put in a tackle get the ball back play out wide to the players because you know that's something united aren't worried or um have to be scared about is how they can attack because they've got the pace with galton uh mallard uh lithia garcia like they've got pace when it comes to uh, obviously nikita paris as well so they've got the pace on the attack it's just that build-up play to the attack so getting it moving from the defence moving it up quicker is something that they need to work on and i wouldn't be surprised if come january united try and strengthen that who that is it's obviously a hard question obviously every, well, i mean most play people would say the dream option in that scenario would be Leno oberdorf at wolfsburg but we know that isn't happening
0: now given united's you know, current position they don't have champions league football to so offer that I think is very difficult at that point.
1: Yeah, but she would be like the perfect player in oh, that yeah. situation.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree. Right. Uh, to, there's some of the other options were they mentioned, but I yeah, can't think at this uh, current moment. Uh, I think we talked a lot about the Manchester derby. There's definitely other points that I could have made. I mean, actually, I'll make the one last point. Is it real? Did Manchester United just not attack the left side at all?
1: Yeah, they. I don't know why.
0: It was just... It's weird as I was looking like, during the game. Well or less towards the end as well. Highest concentration of play was down the right. And I'm trying to think any attacks that did happen with the left side. And I couldn't recall anything. Golden was quiet. Ella tuned in have a, a lot to do. And Nikita Paris went off pretty much half-time. Half-time, yeah. And, and nothing happened on that left side, yeah.
1: Yeah. it, it was a, it's, it's a very strange one because... In the past games earlier on this season, United utilised the left-hand side really well with uh, Leo Goulton, but it just didn't seem Leo to... Leo really, one of the most really,
0: underrated players in the league.
1: Yeah, but they just didn't... They just had a quiet really. season,
0: by oh, our no, standards of last season, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know what was wrong with them that game. It just nothing seemed to be going... Right for them in that attacking sense.
0: Yeah, and just thinking about it, like, defensive issues, some that are going to come up more and more. About United, we've spoke about them even at the start of the season. They didn't. The, the belief was that they didn't strengthen enough in that area. Maybe they do that again in January. We'll yeah, wait and but, see. But how you got a point, Karen.
1: Uh, the final point on that would have been obviously losing Gabby George to an ACL injury. Yeah, she had started the season really well for United, so. To lose her to this, uh, to an injury for the season is something that really hurt United. But I do agree; I don't think they strengthened near enough. Because uh, I'd counter that
0: and say, well, even with that, the depth wasn't good enough.
1: Yeah, because you got Millie Turner, Maya Letizia, Evie Rabjohn, who's injured. Uh, Saw Mark's going to mention today in his press conference ahead of their Conti Cup game. Yeah. Uh, Gabby George who's injured, Gemma Evans, Blundell, uh James, Ethan, Ethan Still
0: working her way back. So it's it's a problem for United. Yeah. And I think it's the sort of problem that costs some you know, Champions League, for all we know.
1: Yeah, very much potential uh to cost on that. Right, should we move on to the other games now? You couldn't have moved on quicker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I will this time. Uh Chelsea, I think we'll talk about next. 5-1 winners against Liverpool at Saturday lunchtime. Do you know my notes? Well, I say notes. It's just two words. Lauren James.
1: James. Yeah. (laughs) Hat-trick gets an assist for Aggie Beaver-Jones' goal as well. Just what a performance from uh, Lauren James. Absolutely standout performance.
0: Lauren James is incredible on her day. like So unplayable. Oh, when yeah. she gets going, and but why is just don't, it feels
1: like they can't deal with her? I mean, I, I remember seeing a post. um I think it was someone who works for the Athletic. Uh, they were posting on Saturdays, like how do you control Lauren James? I think this was after her first goal, and then when she scored her second, they uh, quote tweeted it saying y- you can't. And I am like, you are absolutely correct. When she is on the form that she is, and when she's playing well, she is one of the best forwards in not just the WSL, I think in world football because she, she's so silky with it. The way she cuts inside outside, she can shoot with both feet. It's just a nightmare for defenders to deal with.
0: Absolutely, and it just capped off a ruthless display by the champions. James opening the score in 11 minutes, although didn't go to plan. We were thinking at the start, Liverpool equalised pretty much straight away. Yeah. I was in mid tweet and <laughs>
1: <when> I scored.
0: <laughs> like, what? Shanice
1: yeah, I mean... Van der sand
0: gets the ball. Drivers at the box, a lot of space for her at this point. Ball goes across the box and it's hit Jess Carter and it's gone into the net. And you're like, oh my word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? That,
1: that definitely caught, uh, I'd say, not just Chelsea, but everyone by surprise with that uh, equalizer, like a minute, two minutes after uh, Lauren James's goal. But that was to be the last positive for Liverpool in that game because after that, Lauren James around. Can I speak more again. on the
0: positive that uh, was Shanice? Yeah, can I speak on Shanice Van der Sanden? I thought she was probably Liverpool's best player. I thought I know she came in because of an injury or something. Some, Mate Enderby didn't start, so she yeah. came back in for. I think it was Van der Sanden's first start of the season. Yeah, as well. So, I mean, yes, yeah, so, yeah. been... I thought she did very well, and. There's a big threat for Liverpool when it's on their attacked.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, her time at Liverpool has been quite unlucky so far, has been hampered uh, with injury somewhat. But yeah, I mean, she is still a very quality player and was able to show it uh, from the start in this game. And like you say, was definitely uh, Liverpool's best player in that game. But the Lauren James show continued after that.
0: I oh, know it went into whole gear after <laughs> this. The cross the perfect cross for Aggie Beaver Jones to score a header in her first senior start for Chelsea, which was nice to see for her. Increases her increasing her tally as well to four
1: four in four games. Yeah. I mean Just hand her the Young Player of the Year award. I was gonna say, (laughs) like,
0: unless Lauren James
1: still qualifies for it. I mean, I think she does, but yeah, she's twenty-two because I think the cutoff is twenty-four. Yeah, like this is gonna start a
0: debate of how what age the cut off of being young at that point well <laughs> yeah 27 year old i'm yeah, still but... young damn it
1: <laughs> but uh yeah beaver jones is having such a phenomenal season i mean the fact that she's been able to develop um elsewhere like going on loan uh last season to everton the season before where she was at uh I bristol city as well but no you no one was expecting this fire and freeness she seems to be playing with
0: mm. i did credit to emma hayes as well to give her that freedom as well
1: yeah i think what it feels to be said to be of this is just me looking at it from the outside is she's telling her to just play with freedom and just do whatever you do like if you make mistakes we've got quality players behind you that can clean up if you make a mistake but just we want you to go forward and attack the defenders, take shots, get assists, get crosses, whatever. And she's doing it exceptionally at this minute in time.
0: Yeah, when you're in the Chelsea squad, as it is currently with Emma Hayes in charge, you get that opportunity. Uh, the second half, I think it was just proof of that. It was so ruthless. Yeah, Again, it's not the first time we've seen it this season. It's not going to be the last time we see it. Chelsea just steamrolled through Liverpool at this point. I think it was Liverpool would just, is- open as well. I think they did play quite high at that point and Chelsea exploited it. Lauren James just, her second goal was just, I think it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, just absolutely superb. Sam Kerr with the assist as well for that one. Um, it was just far too easy for Chelsea at that point.
0: Yeah, and then Lauren James' hat goal it was, was this on Royalty Cannery? I think it yeah. was, but she'd come on and you had a Royalty Cannery coming on just to provide two assists. Like, come on.
1: It's just unfair.
0: It feels really <laughs> a, a playing on legendary difficulty.
1: Yeah, I mean. They've got the sub on, Is going to be unreal now as well. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, Shirk and Nuskin getting what was that, her fourth goal as well this season?
0: Consider it. Well, did they give her the hat trick in the end? I so think I think they, it
1: might be a third. I think they did give her the hat trick in the end. But yeah, third or fourth goal
0: this season, she's been very good as well. And again, with what we know of Emma Hayes with new signings and them like being given time to adapt so they don't start as
1: much. You no, know, can yeah. straight in. Again, another play that could win. And just Another player at this minute in time that could win Young Player of the Year, 22 years old. Doing I what would she's say doing. the Young
0: Player of the is just going to be Chelsea players.
1: <laughs> well, it is at this rate. I mean, Nushkin, Beaver Jones, Lauren James, <laughs> like, it's just too easy. Feels it. Uh, yeah, I think there's
0: not much else to, to say. Really, Chelsea just, they're incredible. And right now, I, I don't see them being knocked off the top spot very easily. Granted, well, they've only faced one of the top four, as we would air uh, quote that at this point. So we yeah. need to see them against those teams before we can properly judge. But right now you think if they're like this against those teams, they're walking away with this title.
1: Yeah. I can't remember who said it on Sunday, whether it was Izzy Christiansen or one of the other pundits. The only team at this point that can beat Chelsea is themselves. And that's hundred percent true, is if they mess up that's or not they're possible. not or if they're not on their uh a game the whole time that's the only way chelsea are losing this title i feel
0: yeah uh i'm gonna move on because uh, the team that right now was currently their closest is arsenal they i guess comfortably beat brighton it felt like in the end the game wasn't a classic if i'm if i'm being honest <laughs> goals from cedar Black, indious caitlin ford frieda leonards and morning straightforward winning crawley for Arsenal.
1: i thought yeah i mean not really having to do much, uh, in terms of that. I mean, the defending just thinking for Blackstinius, his goal was dreadful. Like she managed yeah. to scuff her first shot and then get the second shot away so easily. Like, Oh, you know, know that, that was the greatest fake out ever. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just like no Brighton player just seemed to. So get... good, she faked herself out.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no Brighton player just seemed to get nearer and they just allowed her yeah. to shoot. Like deep. Incredibly
0: yeah. deep level as well, i be still on
1: the goal line. Yeah, it was so, so strange. And then nothing else pretty much happened. Arsenal would like you say, dominating possession and chances uh, galore, but nothing really too testing for Sophie Bagley. And then getting those last two goals in the last 10 minutes uh, just helped shore up the win for them. Can't enforce goals, particularly the standout of the Monmouth, all.
0: I thought that was... Very good. Nice shot from distance. They weren't getting through but I try to almost pass it through them. So they just thought, right, we're well, shooting this, bang, it's in. And then Mornham got the opportunity. The game is over and she scores uh, first of the season as well. Yeah. Arsenal stayed second in the WSL table. Decent for them. And it should be mentioned as well, Beth Mead started her first game as well, played sixty minutes, and as we'll get into later, the England squad's come out, we'll <laughs> yeah. snooze with that. Um uh, yeah, any other thoughts? But
1: no, yeah, I think no. I think it was just easy for Arsenal. And like you say, nice to see Beth Mead start her first game since uh, returning from her ACL injury. But yeah, I mean, Brighton will definitely have better days. I still see a lot of progress uh, for Melissa Phillips' side. Uh, they've got a bit of an easier spell now to end uh, 2023. I've got Liverpool... Leicester and then Aston Villa their final game of 2023 so it's a bit of an easier spell than their last like four games or so where they've played Man City, Arsenal, Man United and Chelsea so it's I'm not really going to look too much into their season off those last four games but it's the next three or four league games the way you can say okay this is what the Brighton team really is.
0: Nah, I understand that and you know if you wanted to look into like the last two games with certain teams, you know, you, you can't judge anything. Anyway, Aston Villa are back. <laughs> <laughs> All two they... straight wins for Carla Ward's Vami Army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting game. This one West Ham and, and Villa, the visitors won it. Thanks to a late winner from Rachel Daly. One of the goals of the weekend as Villa climbed further away from the bottom of the table. After that, Horrible start to the season, Yeah, apparently we, we're in crisis, but <laughs> what crisis?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, this game had a bit of everything going. Vivian SIE opened the scoring from the penalty spot, then a couple minutes later, Anna Patton getting her first goal of the season, and maybe her first goal for Aston Villa, actually.
0: I don't think it's a first for Villa, for what I say. She scored one last season.
1: Did she? I wasn't too sure whether she had or not. I was. I think she has scored before. Uh, uh, and then early on in the second half, uh, Adriana Leone put in Villa ahead. And then Lisa Evans, 10 minutes to go from time with a beautiful goal as well, actually.
0: Yeah, they were both goal of the weekend contenders. It's between them two because they're both very similar. And oh, I'm biased. It's daily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Lisa so good though like what was funny watching Lisa Evans goal was actually the reaction behind the goal from the Villa fans as well because there's just this shock of what yeah, <laughs> am I going it, And even even funny I, I saw the, the, the tweets commenting on the Villa post about It's it like Yeah, fair play. (laughs) Fair
1: play. uh, That is one of them where you're just going to take your hat off and applaud because that was such a spectacular uh, strike from Lisa Evans, man. Like you say, one of the goals of the weekend. Absolutely superb.
0: Yeah, uh, just to run through the other games because there's still a lot more to talk about in this podcast. A point each for Leicester and Tottenham. Two teams that have had both intriguing starts to their respective seasons. They... Both walk away with a point this time around. Tottenham I extend their unbeaten run to six games.
1: Yeah, I think fair result for both sides. I don't think either side particularly looked like they could go out and get the winner. So I think a point shared between them is uh, rightfully so. Um, obviously Spurs' is fantastic start to the season has slipped away from them a little bit now with their last three games ending in uh, 1-1 draws, but they still have the capability of turning it around, and soon I would imagine Beth England will be back with after this international break that's coming up. Yeah,
0: well, um, I don't know. I haven't seen anything to suggest that possible. I might have missed it,
1: but I think it, um, w- it will
0: would be a massive boost for her, and how they figure in will be something to really keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, I mean that team is just uh, spoilt full selection now up top. Uh, the final game in the weekend saw Everton and Bristol City finish two apiece. My worries for Everton are continuing to grow. Do you know what?
0: I'm, I am worried. I, mean, I was already slightly worried about it, but now seeing the stat that I saw afterwards, they have started to develop a bit of a tendency to concede late goals. They've yeah. conceded five during the last 15 minutes of games so far this season. That is the most out of any team in the WSL.
1: So they've conceded as many goals in the last 15 minutes as they've scored in the WSL this season. Because yeah, they, that's, that's damning. <laughs> that is horrendous for uh, Brian Sorensen's side. And what makes um, a bit of news came out of Everton after that game was uh, Nicoline Sorensen has announced that she is uh, retiring from football at the end of uh 2023 to pursue other things in her life um and she will be a massive loss for uh, Everton since coming back from her acl injury earlier on in 2023 she was absolutely uh massive for Everton doing everything she did um and then to now be losing her as well it's something that obviously you got to respect the player's decision for that but it's such a big, big loss for them. It is,
0: and how they recover from that will be interesting to see. Maybe they're active in, in January, because right now it feels like something is missing. They're not managing games very well either, as proven by that lights that they don't... If there's one thing that they don't seem to be showing as much that a Bristol City actually are, is a tenacity.
1: Yeah, there's no grit in them to, like... Go on and win a game it just seems like they'll get to a point where they're leading and then they'll just switch off yeah like, it's like, just... they've
0: got good players everton megan finnegan i think is a very good defender martina piedmont second at a goal it was nice to see her score for the first time in this game maybe that can spark something for her but other than that i gotta manage games but
1: yeah there's just a lot missing for them i think at this minute at some time, mm-hmm. but i'm not too sure what it is just something's not clicking for them.
0: Yeah, I just want to go further on Bristol City as well. Once again, they've showed this tenacity about them. They went behind twice yeah. in this game and have come back both times. We remember speaking about Bristol City after the third game, just saying, where's the points coming from? They don't yeah. look like they're going to adapt very well to this. And then just though that, three games later, you can say that they can compete with those around them at least.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's going to be points in the season where they should be able to pick up the odd win uh, here or there. And, yeah, I think there is a lot of gut and uh, heart being shown from them. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, they had uh, the unfortunate knee injury to Kaylen Marchese in their last game before that. Um, so they had to bring back Benedict Harland uh, on a short-term loan. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that competition between Holland and Olivia Clark goes forward. But considering uh, Holland's position, um, Clark's position before that uh, on loan at Watford in the Championship, she's doing uh, quite well so far in the couple of games that she's appeared. Yeah,
0: uh, WSL table. It looks like it is. Chelsea obviously leading the way. Arsenal currently in second oh hang on it's clicked off
1: (laughs) on me i've lost it oh no chelsea top arsenal second man city third man united fourth tottenham fifth liverpool sixth leicester seventh brighton eighth aston villa ninth everton 10 west ham 11 bristol city 12. but it is really close uh between all the teams actually i mean a win or a couple win runs and you could be moving right up the table. Uh, So definitely uh, something to keep an eye on as we come towards the end of 2023 now. We've got uh, three more games uh, this year to go in the league. So plenty uh, still to be written in this season.
0: So the England squad has been revealed ahead of the final two Women's Nations League matches. There's one big story from this. Beth Mead has been named in the England squad for the first time in a year following her return from her ACL injury. Interesting. I think that she's back in it.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, we all know what she's able to do uh, for Ringland. I mean, um, 50 games, 29 goals. Absolutely phenomenal player. Um, But yeah, I think... Personally, whether she plays or not is another thing, but personally, I think I would have given her a bit more time uh, to fully recover and get more minutes under about at Arsenal uh, before calling her back up to the England squad. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's obviously great to see her back in the squad, like you say, for for the first time in over a year. Other than that, I don't think there's many surprises for the rest of the England squad, to be honest.
0: No, uh, it's interesting to see Grace Clinton and Kiara Keating have kept their spots. I think that's fair. Obviously, we didn't see them in action in the last ones. Probably against Belgium. Yeah, I was going to say considering the fixtures as they are, it's the Netherlands and Scotland, two very important games where England probably have to try and win both to secure top spot in the in the Nations League and also in doing that, qualifying for the Olympics as well. So. These are massive in yeah. the context, really, of England. And Team GB.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, currently uh, in Group A1, which is the Group England are in, uh, the Netherlands are top with nine points, Belgium in second with seven, then England with six points, and then Scotland are bottom with uh, one point. But yeah, these two games coming up at uh, the start of next month is going to be absolutely key for them. Uh, The first one being on Friday, the 1st of December against the Netherlands uh, from Wembley. And then a few days later, they travel up to Hamden Park on the 5th uh, to take on Scotland. Um, Obviously the only other bit of news from the England squad that's different from the last time is uh, Ellie roebuck has been dropped out. Lucy Parker is out of it uh, due to injury as well. So uh, nothing too big or surprising from that uh, solution.
0: Yeah, I think if there's one other thing we could have maybe put up for debate should Nikita Paris have been given the chance. But I guess if you want Beth Mead in, then it's someone like a Nikita Paris that would miss out in
1: that case. Well, yeah, it's one of them like, if you put Paris in, who's been in an exceptional form for Man United this season is... Who do you drop out from that forward line of Russo, Daly, Hemp, Kelly, Mead? Like, England are spoilt for options in that sense.
0: Yeah, and right now with how big the games are, as we said, Serena Vigman is going to go with the tested options.
1: Yeah, definitely, and options that she knows are really one well that have worked for her so far. Um, but yeah, you'd have to feel a bit full B- um Nikita Paris and obviously Aggie Beaver-Jones just missing out after her great start to uh, this season as well, like we mentioned earlier on, but uh, Serena Vigman, come on. Sorry,
0: I just wanted that. I could understand if she should have been in, but the game says too soon. It's not the right time given the magnitude of the fixtures.
1: Yeah, I mean... Uh, she was asked how close she was to a call-up, and uh, Veglia responded, "She's in our conversations. I think it's a bit too early, but we see good things. I just, I hope she just keeps improving and gives us headaches again with our selection. Which, I mean, at least she knows she's thinking about her in that sense going forward. And obviously, she will be in the under twenty-three squad when that's announced later on, either today or th- later on this week. I can't remember when the under twenty-three squad yeah, you'd is." Hope
0: so. Yeah,
1: and like the under 23s is just
0: as good to watch as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the talent in that is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, the talent pool, like you say, to be on the bridge of going up to that senior team is so, so good.
0: Yeah, uh, that's all we've got for the England squad. There. We'll move on to this week's Women's Champions League group games. The second group matches are happening Wednesday, is when. They start so tomorrow, that is, if you're listening on the Tuesday we've released this. Benfica play Rosengard and Eintracht Frankfurt play Barcelona in Group A. SK Brand play Slavia Prague in Group B, as do Leon playing St. Poulton. Anything stand out for those first ones? I, I like the look of Eintracht Frankfurt against Barcelona. I think it'll be interesting. Frankfurt aren't a bad team, so you no. will know if they can maybe sort of try and challenge Barcelona.
1: Yeah, I would expect it to be a closer game for Barcelona than their first game against uh, Benfica. We saw Frankfurt were able to beat uh, Rosengard last time. So I'd expect a close game in that sense. And I think the other game between Rosengard and Benfica really is uh, hope for grabs and anyone can win that. Mm, Potentially. I'm very worried about (laughs) rugby
0: after it went last time. I fear for Saint Polson.
1: Yeah, I mean, Leon just looked formidable in the Champions League again, uh, winning nine nil against Slavia Prague last week. Um, Saint Polton could be on the back end of a similar scoreline, uh, but that other game between SK Brann and Slavia Prague, that one should be good. Big opportunity for Brann in that
0: one really given they won the last one you win this one as well you've got a nice six point gap on the other two
1: yeah
0: perfect for them in their
1: first group stage yeah would put them in a great stead to potentially uh progress to the quarterfinals yeah
0: and then going on to Thursday's games which are tasty should i just say <laughs> group c psg gets by munich and roma against ix and group d has Hakan versus real madrid chelsea also playing paris fc yeah but i'll start
1: I, in this. I am excited for thursday's games i mean they are some phenomenal games we have uh mm-hmm. to look forward to this week
0: can paris fc do something against another london team <laughs> the scenes if that happens would be absolutely mental yeah that'd be a bit of a shock intrigued about haken and Real madrid as well We'd, both of them getting a point, at least. Harkin currently lead the group.
1: Yeah. Should Real Madrid be...
0: have to come out and win that, you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know what to expect from that one, actually. Like, on paper, Real Madrid obviously were able to take it to Chelsea, rightly or wrongly so. Last week, there's obviously a lot to debate with that. But um, they managed to escape with a point. And then BK haken managing to beat Paris FC. I don't think anyone saw that coming. So... Yeah, really looking forward to that game as well in Group D. They've
0: got a few good young Swedish players in the team. We may yeah. have slightly underestimated them.
1: Definitely, um, one of the teams that I am which interested I literally in. said in the pre preview on
0: on our Substack. Don't underestimate anyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's anyone's game who could uh, do well. Gotta say
0: about Group C though, PSG versus Bayern sticks out. But I actually think Roma Ajax could be a sleeper hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bayern PSG will take all their uh, hits and headlines because of it being such a big weighty class. But Roma and Ajax is definitely going to be one to watch. I mean, Ajax currently sitting top of Group C after they beat PSG in the opening game 2-0. Roma in second after a 2-2 draw in the last minute against Bayern Munich uh, in, on the opening day. Manuela Giuliani scoring that goal in the 90th minute. So it's one where it's definitely uh an eyes. I, on say, I
0: want ball. to add this on a podcast because why like everyone's doing the arms out celebration, right? Yeah. Why is it being coined the Bellingham? He didn't invent opening his arms
1: out. <laughs> I mean, I think it's because he plays for Real Madrid <laughs> and like... how pricey he was, that's why they're crowning it the Bellingham.
0: Yeah, fair play. It's an easy celebration to do. And you look, look, it was just a picture of Giuliano as well that went out yeah. cold,
1: Tops so cold. That was such a yeah. brilliant picture.
0: Yeah, I liked it. And I'm very intrigued for all pretty much all of them. Like Champions League is going to start getting very good right now. I'm hoping there's no refereeing controversy this time, though. I mean, after last week, you can't be too sure. Nah, no, I guess not. And uh, well, that is all we have for this week's podcast.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, do you want to have a quick look at the weekend's games, actually, in the WSL before we finish?
0: Uh, I could mention them. <laughs> there is that people obviously go and find themselves. All the games, all the all the WSL games are on a Sunday this weekend, which I prefer. I think yeah. I don't understand why they do one Saturday, but I prefer to have them all. Once Manchester United have a chance to bounce back, they play Bristol City half twelve. Then there's three two o'clock kickoffs: Arsenal play West Ham, Chelsea play Leicester, Liverpool face Brighton. The half four game is Aston Villa against Everton, and then the six forty-five kickoff: Manchester City versus Tottenham.
1: Yep, so some good games to look forward to, but uh, still plenty of days before that. And then uh, they will be the last games before this international break that we mentioned with the England squad coming up uh, at the start of December. Uh, so that's it for this week. We'll be back next week to recap the action in the WSL and any other talking points from around the world of women's football. If you want to keep up to date with any news stories, make sure you head over to our website, womensfootballtalk.substack.com. We'll have all the latest articles there, whether it be NWSL trade news or free agency as that started. Or anything else, uh, Champions League previews and reviews as well, uh, Be head over there. To keep up to date with everything as it happens, uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter and on Instagram at Women's Football Talk. We post daily with all the news that's going on in the world of women's football. And head over to our YouTube channel as well, Women's Football Talk, for all the latest short videos over there.
0: Okay, did you want to sign off after that? You just left it it up there. You you... just took it out
1: of me, that's all, because it's the most I've smoked in a long time with this gold. So I just took a (laughs) lot Yes. Uh, I'll
0: finish it there. Right, That, That is all for this week. We'll see you next week. See you then.